Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. David, you have the schedule. I know today, dude. It's it, it's like it's like the Super Bowl Sunday for network news and libs. I know that's pretty much the same thing, but it's like, and here's where the fan meet and greet happens today. It's Trump <laughs> indictment day, Super Bowl. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's it is it was crazy yesterday as we were uh, getting off the air. They're following the motorcade to the to the airplane. Then it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Trump is landing right now. Oh, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? It was. Robbins mentioned this as we were watching it yesterday. It was like watching the white Ford Bronco with juice. The only thing that would have been cooler is if Trump would have called A.C. Collins and had him driving. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. So, so, Trump, so yeah, yeah, the coverage is full on. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, so Trump is scheduled to be arraigned at 2.15 Eastern, then at 3.30 Eastern. The Manhattan DA, this corrupt SOB, Alvin Bragg, will be doing a press conference. Then at 8.15 Eastern, Trump is going to give some sort of speech at Mar-a-Lago. Can we do a drinking game with uh, Bragg today? Every time he says no one's above the law, drink. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I, That's been a the theme all I the way through this. I don't Well, do, you're recovering. Do you really want to get into that? No, I, I don't. I don't I don't generally do day drinking and I'll have to drive home. So yeah. I'm not I'm okay. not I'm not trying to get blackout drunk <laughs> on my way home. Yeah. No one's above the law. No okay. one. So Trump is going to be speaking later today. Yeah. You know, so this will be interesting mm-hmm. because his lawyer was on Good Morning America. Yeah. He talked about a number of different things um, and said, yes, he would be speaking yeah. tonight because they were talking about the possibility of a gag order. Right. Kind of tough to do that yeah. when you have somebody running for president. Yeah. So Joe Tecapina is the guy's name. He was asked whether or not they expect a gag order to be put in place. He says no. But at the end of the clip, I swear, and maybe I'm just reading into it too much. You tell me. I feel like you can actually hear the dude getting a migraine. Live on the air. Okay. The defendant is the leading Republican candidate for the office of the president of the United States and will be campaigning. Um, hard to put a gag order when he's going to be fielding questions about his current legal situation. So, um, But there's been no indication that there'll be a gag order imposed or even attempted to be imposed. So we will be hearing from President Trump tonight? You will be. Yes, you will. Then. <laughs> yeah. he just, just kind of goes, you will be. Yes, you will. <laughs> I've said this before. It's like, look, I voted for Trump. I, I supported Trump's policies. I wish he were president right now. Mm-hmm. But he is a lawyer's worst nightmare. Oh, 
Yeah, because I, that's a tough gig, man. I mean, last uh, well, it was like overnight, maybe early this morning. He's on Truth Social saying like Alvin Bragg should indict himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm not indicted. You're indicted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard a different interview of uh, somebody else who is a friend of Tacopino, the lawyer, and said, honestly, he can't wait for this day to be over because he's got another case he's got to focus on that's coming up like in less than three weeks with trump and it's the sexual assault allegation from years ago which so many people have said there's going to be nothing to this i can't even remember the woman's name do you remember is that the lady the the writer who said yes he groped her on an airplane or something yes the the lady that he addressed it at a rally and said she would not be my first choice (laughs) that i I can tell you maybe I'm not quite sure that was the same woman. But, yes, a writer that had been around New York for a long time. And a lot of people said, yeah, there's going to be nothing that comes of that. But still, if you're the lawyer, you have to work on that case. Well, yeah, of course. There is no such thing as a gimme in the the court. Exactly. Um, You have some other audio, a couple of things that I had not heard yet. Al Sharpton was speaking. Yeah, well, he he gave away the game again. When it comes to uh, Trump being indicted, it's not it's not about justice. We know that it's not about the rule of law. It's about humiliating a public figure that the left hates. That's what this is, plain and simple. And he says it like it's a good thing. This was on MSNBC. The Reverend Al Sharpton. Okay. his family not there. Nobody. They're going to call Donald Trump. Not Trump or Donald Trump. And he's going to have to answer like the kids he wanted to have the death penalty. He's humiliated. I don't care if it becomes the weaker case or the stronger case. It is the most impactful, humiliating case to Donald Trump because he knows that a half mile down from that courthouse on Wall Street, they're the big titans that he always wanted to thumb his nose at. will be saying, we told you he was a crook. Look at him. He's in this court like a common thief <laughs> and you know what he's so unintentionally what? funny what was that hey basically that was al sharpton speak for the whole point of this is to try to humiliate a political figure that the left hates that's it well al you know all about humiliation personal humiliation anyway well there's so much to that really and at the same time very little I don't think people no. that voted for Trump are all of a sudden going to say, oh, yeah, you know what? He's the common criminal. <laughs> or they didn't know about Stormy Daniels before. They already knew it. Okay? It's pretty easy to see what this case is. Now, is it all about embarrassing him? Maybe. Is it more than that? I keep going back and forth on two different things, and maybe it doesn't matter because either way, it would be good for the left. It is that they're terrified of this guy because no one really owns Trump. There's no sort of, you know, company or certain sector that gives him so much money that he's beholden to. And he could really tear D.C. apart as far as we call it deep state, whatever you want. There's that fear. The other part is by doing what Alvin Bragg did, it actually raises him up within the Republican Party as far as the primary. And there have been many Democrats that have said this. There have been plenty of Republicans that have said it. The one guy that the Democrats can beat is Trump in 2024 because he's been so demonized already. You're looking at 34 counts today. 
for the common person, think of this. When the news comes out, wherever they get their news, if it is, you know, say NBC, and they're going through all these counts, and you hear it for the first time, what goes through your mind? It's, oh, my gosh, he did that, and he did this? Oh, my goodness. And it seems overwhelming. I think we know better than that. But most people don't follow this crap all the time, and you see the deep, dark underside of it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's a win no matter what for the left on this deal. Yeah. That's the way I see it. And, I mean, the perfect piece of evidence that this is what they do with the hyperbole all the time is the Russian collusion stuff. You repeat a lie enough Mm -hmm. times as frantically as possible, and you are going to get that to seep into the public consciousness. That Donald Trump was a Russian spy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true, but there are a lot of people who still believe that today. Just like they believe Trump's racist, and he said that neo-Nazis are fine people. Yeah. I mean, it's such an easy fact check to see that that is bogus. They carried that. To this day, they still carry it. Mm -hmm. You'll still see it. So that's think part of why they're doing what they're doing well this is also the beginning i believe of the political pandora's box yes because if if the left gains control you're going to see a lot of perp walking going on by a lot of uh, prominent democrats because retribution is a bitch but it's going to happen yeah there's a whole piece on that we'll it's get to going it going to happen we'll get to it in the next half hour yeah really interesting um David, you had a story about uh, Jill Biden. Yeah. Was it Dr. Jill. Uh, Dr. So, First. So sorry. It's Dr. First Lady Doctor Jill there Biden. You got it. Get it right. Gave a speech yesterday and talked about attending the Women's NCAA Basketball Tournament Championship, LSU beating Iowa 102-85, of course, the other day. <clears throat> and, uh, well, she, th- this entire clip, I know it's like 50 seconds, so we can stop and, and go. Okay. But I couldn't cut it down because this is unintentionally the funniest audio you're going to hear all day. <laughs> Scott, have you already heard it? No, I haven't heard this, I don't think. Okay. Okay. Well, let's roll it. Last night, I attended the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Okay. And I, how many of you saw it? Okay. Where's she at <laughs> doing this again? <laughs> huh? Where is this at? Where is Somewhere she talking? Somewhere in Colorado, I think, is where she... Okay, I don't know. It doesn't people, really right. matter. All right, I was just curious. I just, I just think it's funny. Back it up a little bit. Okay. Where she says, how many of you watched it? And notice how silent no, it gets in I know, in there. I know. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. And I, how many of you saw it? Hmm. It was, like, so exciting, wasn't it? It was such a great game. And, you know, I'm old enough that I remember when we got Title IX and we fought so hard, right? We fought so hard. And look at where women's sports has come today. And now we're going to let biological men play. (laughs) Golly. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, lack of self-awareness. Go ahead, uh, doctor. So we got to keep working. We got to keep working. Working. Working on what? So congratulations to both teams. So I know we'll have the champions come to um, to the White House. We always do. So, you know, we'll have LSU come. But you know what? I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because what? they played such a good game. So, right? So winners and losers, that's yeah. sportsmanship. That's good sportsmanship. Yeah. 
Okay, but, there's so much to unpack there. Well, so is this everybody gets a trophy? Yeah. Or you know how part of the left is going to take this. Oh, now the truth comes out. You're all about whitey. Yeah. You want the white Iowa players to come. Too many black people coming to the White House for the NCAA women's. That's what you're about, Dr. Jill. Well, you gotta you know bring, you're going to get that criticism. you got to bring the losers in there, too, because this White House staff, they'll get intimidated if a bunch of people who actually win at something show up. <laughs> Good point. Did you see LSU star Angel Reese responded to that idea? Uh, she put up uh, three crying laughing emojis followed by the phrase, A JOKE in all caps. Yeah. 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 Was she talking about herself or was she talking about, okay, she was talking about Dr. Jill. They deserve each other. I could make the argument. Either way. And oh, man. I don't know, man. Is that, I think that doesn't top her talking in Texas about you breakfast burrito people. Oh, yeah. About how. It's close. How, how. Uh, Latinos are yes. as diverse as breakfast tacos. <laughs> <laughs> that reigning champ is going to be hard to That's knock down ever. You people, you like tacos, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, much more to get to. Um, David, you have an update on the Nashville shooter. That this attack was planned for months? Whoa. Get to that and a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. On the left, it's known as Trump Day. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we'll see how all of this goes down. Yeah, I'm surprised there is some sort of woke company that gave people a paid day off today. Oh, I bet but, there are. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I just curiously, I thought about that. I'm thinking... It's got to be enough woke companies, right, that are going to give them the day off today. Or expanded lunch. or Yeah, expanded lunch. Something. That sort of thing. So they can stay up to date on the comings and goings <laughs> of whether they're going to lock him up or not. Yeah. They're not going to lock him up. That's not going to happen. Well, well not yet anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but anyway. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, update on the Nashville shooter, David. Yeah, the shooter in last week's attack at the private Christian school in Nashville apparently planned it for months. Police put out this update uh, yesterday about this. Uh, Audrey Hale, she planned to commit mass murder at the Covenant School. Uh, that's what she wrote in journals that police found in the shooter's car and bedroom after the attack. Uh, had detailed maps and surveillance, and we we knew some of that, but apparently now they're firming up exactly what led to this horrible shooting in Nashville. Uh, they have not yet established a motive, hmm? but they do say the shooter considered the actions of other mass murderers and also maybe a sense of resentment may have played a role in the attack. Okay. They have the manifesto. Yeah. No motive. Mm -hmm. And the FBI is assisting Nashville police in this yeah. endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that's why we don't know the motive yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean, local it's cops. It's filthy, dirty everywhere you go on the national level. Mm -hmm. It's what it feels like. Yeah, the, the local police last week seemed to sort of telegraph, well, yeah, that may have played a role. Yes, I thought they did that in a responsible way at the same time by releasing the police cam footage when they did. Mm-hmm. 
mean, it's like, hey, transparency yeah. right out front. Here's the way this went down. And I mean, I, I know it's going to sound tinfoil hatty to some people, but it also felt to me when the FBI was involved, okay, the rest of this information, when are we going to get it? Right. And then you wonder if ever. Oh, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to release the manifesto. Well, it, it was. Well, we'll see. Years after the fact, I mean, it was just last week that we heard about potentially a motive for the Las Vegas massacre a few years ago. No, the guy had a lot of gambling right. debt. Took you that long to come to that conclusion there, Sherlock? Really? Wow, man. It is. It just feels like there's something they don't want the public to know. Wild. You know what? Since we're talking about this, we have time to do this right now, maybe. Did you hear the gun conversation between Dana Bash on CNN and Dan Crenshaw, rep from Texas? Oh, no, I did mm -hmm. not hear this. Okay. This takes about a minute, 10, and we'll stop along the way. Listen to how she sets it up. One through line in these deaths is that they are shootings, therefore they are done by guns. And guns are the leading cause of death for children and teens in the U.S. So mm -hmm. shouldn't helping save the lives of children be a top priority for you as a member of the House majority? Okay, framed that way again. No, it absolutely should be, which is why I say I would look to the thing that would absolutely stop this, which is putting armed police officers at every school. I, mean, I, I visit a lot of schools. I do, I do talks at various schools. It's very rare uh, that I go into a school, especially the newer ones, and they don't have some kind of armed police presence there at all times. So That's a preventive measure. That I know will stop this. And there was nothing like that in these last few mass shootings. All right, predictably, listen to where she goes. Yeah. There's no armed guards there. Um, so the so answer if is. If I'm just looking for guns. actual solutions, that would be it. So the answer is more guns. No, the answer is armed guards. No, the answer is armed guards, right? Armed guards, yes, more guns. The, the kind of guns that protect, protect the president, that protect you all at CNN. Is it easy to get into your headquarters at CNN? Absolutely not. There's armed guards there, yeah. there's single points of entry. I think we should look at our schools as a place that is precious uh, and, and have the same kind of security that your corporate offices do, oh. that we do in Congress. You know, if, if we consider a place to be important where our children go to learn every day, it should have the same level of security as every other place, whether it's a, whether it's a shopping mall or a corporate office that's hard to get into. Great point. Yeah. So the answer is more guns? More guns? Yeah, mm -hmm. more guns that protect you at CNN, Dana. I thought Crenshaw did very well. Yeah. He's yeah. disappointed me a few times over the last year, so that that was nicely done. Points. Okay. We've got to get to uh, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, and the indictment on Trump. What's going to happen to Democrats in the future? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Don Jamie Martin, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. Scott Robbins, the Sexy Boomer. Okay, uh... So Trump indicted today and, you know, watching the coverage. It started yesterday. Plane's still in the air, and it's full wall-to-wall -wall coverage on cable news. Oh, yeah. It was like he was trying to get away. <laughs> yeah, it really but he's was. not. It was. It's just intimidating. It's it a was. plane coming in, and know, then he's going to go to Trump Tower. But, Scott, you have to remember the, the lore of January 6th. Remember? We yeah. heard that he's in the back of the beast. And he reached over and <laughs> grabbed the wheel and then grabbed the neck of the Secret Service agent and said, take me to the Capitol. We have an insurrection to run. <laughs> You're, you don't even know what this man is capable of. <laughs> man. It was golly.
So <laughs> we saw this last week. The Washington Post thinks this the whole case is a stretch. Yeah. From Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA. I don't see that getting reported too many places, but no. that is the truth. Uh, but you have cable news and, you know, the ABCs, NBCs all talking about this is, you know, something we've never seen in history, uh, which is true. And, you know, there are some people that think, yeah, it's historic because I know, wait for it. All of our democracy is at stake in some ways. And when you've heard people make that argument, do you think, you know, there's something to that? Or do you think, OK, that's just as overblown as anything else? Um. I, I think it certainly starts us down a different path here. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. For sure. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say our democracy is at stake, but I do think it opens up an entirely new avenue of political hijinks when you can say, hey, we can have this progressive DA indict mm-hmm. a political enemy over something that even uh, legal experts who are Trump critics are saying, well, we don't know everything that's in the indictment and whatnot, but it just kind of seems like if you're trying to apply federal law to the local level and the feds didn't prosecute him for this, man, it really seems like it's pretty weak. Well, and a guy, Alvin Bragg, that ran on going yeah. after Trump. That's what he ran on. Mm-hmm. Vendetta. Yeah. So in New York Post, politicians that actually kept his campaign promise. <laughs> <laughs> The New York Post kind of lay out, okay, what could this mean for Democrats? You know, and uh, go on to say, well, there's no shortage of scandals. And then as I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Clinton Foundation, but and they go into the Bidens. But it's some, you know, facts in this I didn't even know. So I'll just lay it on you. Said take the Clinton Foundation described by whistleblowers as the largest unprosecuted fraud ever. (laughs) Bill and Hillary registered it as a tax-exempt charity, but have used it as their own personal piggy bank. The foundation keeps its offices in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the new Pulaski County DA, Will Jones, is a Republican, who last year, by the way, beat a George Soros-backed Democrat for the job. He might be able to get creative with a tax fraud case against the Clintons, who have potentially stiffed local coffers of millions in corporate income and other taxes over the objections of local anti-tax advocates. The Clintons allegedly pressured Little Rock officials to float close to $20 million in bonds to buy land and construct a building housing the supposedly nonprofit foundation along with the Clinton Presidential Library. They've also, meaning whistleblowers, accused the Clinton Foundation officials, including the former president, of using tax-exempt donations for personal use. Really? Yeah, including private travel, which they have denied. But that would be illegal, you know. Other red states, it goes on to say, could manufacture indictments against Democrats, including, uh, well, President Biden's brother, James Biden, who got into hot water for allegedly defrauding health care companies. And he's denied that. Yeah. Now, see if you knew this part of the James Biden story. James allegedly conned the founder of Fort Lauderdale-based AmeriCorps Health into thinking he could be a rainmaker based on his name. It's the Biden name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Snagged a corner office at the headquarters. God. uh, Where he, by the way, displayed framed photos of himself with his brother and President Barack Obama. 
But instead of bringing in business, Biden allegedly shook down AmeriCorps for personal loans he used to repair, uh, for repairs on a family vacation home in South Florida. Holy smokes. Man. Allegedly promised his partners at AmeriCorps he could get them a big influx of capital from his and Hunter Biden's Chinese connections. But he used that cash instead to go on a, sprint, a spending spree. His shenanigans left AmeriCorps facilities in such financial disarray that at least one of its hospitals, that located in Elwood City, Pennsylvania, had to stop paying workers in 2018. Gosh dang. <laughs> <The> idiot brother. <laughs> Prompting local authorities to open a criminal investigation of its finances the next year. If he were so inclined, the local Lawrence County, Pennsylvania DA could follow in Bragg's footsteps and open a grand jury probe into Biden. A pair of medical clinics in Tennessee and Alabama have also accused James Biden of fraud, which he has denied. I mean, I was, we were making that point last week. It's like, uh, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Yeah, no kidding. The standard yeah. has been set. Let's rock and roll, Absolutely. man. Did you know all of that about James Biden? I know he was promising ahead of the election. I mean, he was quoted in Politico as talking to investors in various uh, healthcare industries. Hey, you know, my brother, he, he's going to be president, and you better start investing with me because we're going to get you some sweet, sweet cash off the Biden name. Yeah. That's why I call him the but family bag getting man. the corner office. Yeah. Doing what? Probably had his own bathroom in there, too. Probably did. Didn't have to share it with anybody. Oh, my goodness, man. So corrupt. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. That time of the show. Go around the table. Always looking at stories out there. May not be the biggest story today, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Man, I'm going to start becoming one of those pickers on the side of the road every single heavy trash day now after this story. So in Hamilton, Canada. Mm-hmm. There's a person driving along the road, sees a table, looks like a decent table, maybe in pretty good shape, maybe would be good in the rec room or in the garage or something. They go mm-hmm. to pick it up, put it in the truck. They flip it over. What's stuck underneath? A loaded Glock 19. Whoa. <laughs> so someone had their whole stashed hideaway gun <laughs> and, and forgot about it when they tossed the table on the side of the road. <laughs> So they called the cops, and the cops come, and they say, well, that's a very serious crime because it's Canada, you know, and they're, they've got gun-grabbing uh, uh, fever right now. They find the guy, 59-year-old man, who's been arrested now. They seized, like, six or seven other guns in his house because, well, you can't just leave a gun on the side of the road like that. And I'm just <laughs> wondering, I don't have any details about this guy's personal life, but the conversation that goes in my head, and I know a lot of us have had this conversation where maybe your significant other tosses something without telling you and it may <laughs> most of the time you know it just kind of has some sentimental value or you're like well it's a perfectly good table it's always wobbly i'm just trying right. to imagine that conversation honey what happened to that table in the living room it yeah. was gross i threw it out uh <laughs> what's the problem i'll be hunter right biden, back <laughs> hunter, hunter biden said hey man put it in the trash can what's wrong with you <laughs> right. don't leave it don't leave it on the side of the road. I'm gonna, uh, next heavy trash day, though, man, I'm going to be flipping over every table I see. Oh, you and me both. Get a free yeah. Glock. <laughs> Who knows, right? All right, Scott, Wouldn't you pick story? it up and then look around to see if cameras were on you? Right. I mean, Maybe. I would. I'd be like, this is a joke, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my story today is of another group of whack jobs, a subset of whack jobs, who are we're supposed to feel sorry for. 
they are, in their words, hideously oppressed, perhaps in need of being classified as a protected class. People have went so far as to say, I think they're pedophiles. People who identify, I'm not making this up, as adult babies slash diaper lovers. They say they face constant false accusations of pedophilia. They've been fired, legally separated from their kids for what experts are calling harmless interest. Hold on a second. So I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. These are people that like to act like babies? Act like babies. They they wear diapers. They drink out of bottles. Okay. Uh, But just as a hobby is what they're saying. It's not a mental illness. No, not at all. It's it's perfectly normal to do this sort of thing, to suck on a passy. Are they identifying as a baby? Yes, they are. Are they wanting to go to, like, preschool and stuff? No, I mean, I, how far does this go? I think I think they, they don't do that, but they do the baby talk around each other, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. I think we had audio of that, somebody doing that one day. Oh, yeah, there was, was a, a story about that where people dress up as babies, and then there is a, a another woman who will take you know, money in exchange for treating them like a baby down to changing diapers and changing their diapers, putting them in a crib. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they can sleep. Okay. Not to make it even stranger. That's not like some sort of weird sex fetish thing. That's just, what are we talking about? This is deranged, man. Pardon the turn of phrase, but that straddles a very weird line. (laughs) Yes, it does. All of it. (laughs) Yes, it does. Proof, though, they say that we live in a capitalist, cisgendered, homo-trans, phobic culture. <laughs> that it is... needs to be deconstructed and replaced I... with one more suited to people whose sole desire is to poop their pants and be fed mush. I... <laughs> That's right. I, I feel like um, every gay person I've ever known would kick my ass if I compared them to adults who like to dress up as babies. <laughs> These are your. This is part of the alphabet group, right? The diaper people. Oh, right. Say so, these are your people. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, you're you're gay. Do you wear diapers? What? You know, and before you the, remember Richard that used to call into the show. <laughs> Can you imagine saying I, that's one of your people? Oh, Robert. What? Robert. Robert. Yeah. Gay Robert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Haven't talked to him in a long time. We're Facebook friends. How's he doing? He's doing mission work. To oh, be honest good with you. for him. Yes. Yeah, I can't see him being down with that. <laughs> no, he would. A number be. of other people. Well, who thinking would like, be? yeah. <laughs> the but more they, people they're... I'm thinking about reaction, these are your people, right? <laughs> yeah, depending, you might get slapped. But might I get say, an F you something. I say they want to be a protected class, <laughs> and I'm going to sit here today and say I'm not so sure they won't be allowed to be a protected class. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Wait till they start doing shows for kids. <laughs> Let me just ask you, uh, could you handle it by taking one of them to Planned Parenthood? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, daddy. Uh, For my story, you know, sometimes I have a couple of different choices, depending on what your guys' choices are or where I want to take it. Uh, I would say this is lighter, but it, it has some people concerned. And that is, you know, it's Easter week, and it's a lot of candy for a lot of people, and Easter baskets, and peeps. Yes, peeps are very popular. No doubt about it. Um, And as, you know, the New York Post or Consumer Reports, you know, would say, I guess if you're stuffing down a lot of peeps, maybe you're not too worried about nutrition. Um, But Consumer Reports are reminding parents that peeps contain a known carcinogen. Uh Uh-oh. 
artificial coloring red dye number three. And so then the question is, well, are peeps poisoning kids? Well, not like the left, but red dye number three is in thousands of food products and is allowed by the FDA. Despite being banned from use in lipstick and other cosmetics. Yeah. Which is curious. Hmm. Company that says, or the company that makes Peep said, you know, all their products are in compliance with FDA regulations. All ingredients are listed on the packaging. It's not like they're putting anything in there that the FDA doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but red dye number three is in purple and pink colored Peeps. And the FDA hasn't commented on that. So take that for what it's well, worth. Well, they need a new marketing campaign. Dylan Mulvaney peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Well, I, exactly, right? Yeah. Who knows? May see it you know, before the end of the week. You don't know. I mean, the Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light is crazy in itself. Yeah, buddy. If you're not familiar with that story, we'll get to it. And White House advisors are openly rooting for Trump to win the primary. Get to that as well. Coming right up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update. David Van Camp. I, I love commitment to good old-fashioned pranks. So outside the courthouse in Manhattan today, Donald Trump, of course, being indicted, uh, a guy drove by in a limo, rolls down the window. Boy, that sure looks like Donald Trump, doesn't it? Wearing a red USA cap, and he's waving out to the people. They're waving back. A bunch of people start trying to crowd around, get pictures. No, it's a Donald Trump impersonator. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Punking people. Great going, Don. (laughs) Yes. Uh, David, you have the story that White House advisors are openly rooting for Trump to win the primary? Yeah, they, and it's like what we've talked about before. I mean, they think it's kind of like 2016 all over again, but I think this is a little bit different. Uh, just the environment overall is a little bit different, but they see him as the easiest uh, target, so they want to actively pump him up during the Republican primary. Uh, Tommy McDonald. A Pennsylvania-based Democratic strategist who works as a media consultant for Senator John Fetterman's campaign uh, conceded that the universal consensus was that Trump is the weakest candidate in the field. I don't, I don't think he's the weakest candidate, not by a long shot, but um, it's it's the most beatable. Yeah, but even then, say the top five. Yeah. That's at least that's from their inner polling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, you know, he's not personally sure of it but we'll see but inside the white house uh biden's most senior advisors have watched the poll numbers surge for donald trump and they think hey look if he's going to win the nomination that's the guy we want yeah i don't think that's a surprise and it all comes down to the independent voters Mm -hmm. and especially women is trump's got work to do there at least according to the polling. Oh, I don't think that's going to come back. That's the fear Yeah, for a lot of people. Like, that ship has sailed. And, I mean, like we've said with this whole indictment, at the very least, it's humiliating because you're going to hear different details and you're going to hear about Stormy Daniels over and over and over. You know, so 
that that's just going to be part of it. I guarantee you there's no problem. No, I, I, well, I hope there's not. We'll, we'll see. see. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we're keeping an eye on Indictment Watch 2023. Donald Trump. (laughs) Going to be processed today, indicted. We'll get to see what the indictment entails. And we're learning a little bit more about the judge in question, uh, who, by the way, has a daughter who worked for the Biden-Harris campaign. You don't (laughs) say. Isn't that kind of interesting, isn't it? Small world, you know. Yeah, Donald Trump uh, has put out uh, some truth social messages saying, hey, he hates me. <laughs> saying that the judge was handpicked by Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, to preside over the case, and that Merchant hates him. That's the name of the judge. And opposed to uh, Truth Social, another all-caps post to Truth Social on Tuesday morning asserted that the judge is highly partisan and said that uh, the family is composed of well-known Trump haters. Wow. God, what is going on? Oh, it's a... I mean, I'm seriously... It's a what, po- it's political retribution. That's what it comes down to. This is incredible. <laughs> I mean, this it is, is... I'm not saying you're not right. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to yay or nay one way or another. It's not up to me. It's up to the charges and where they go and what happens. But for God's sakes... This stinks to high heaven. <laughs> this is terrible. It does. This is I mean, really When the Washington Post says this, this, this is pretty thin. Yeah, it's just so lame. Yeah. You've got people who supported Biden and Harris deciding your fate yeah. with a DA who ran on the fact that he's going to imprison you. Yeah, well. Yes. What it, the hell's going you got no chance here. This is what happens when communists start taking over the country. Golly, you're I mean, right. I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right about that because this is very communisty. Well, dude, remember when the uh, uh, when it was during the 2016 campaign, and Trump and Hillary Clinton were having that debate, and Trump made the one-off comment about like, if I were president, you'd be in jail, to Hillary Clinton, and the yes. whole thing, the whole thing, and the locker up, all of that, that was roundly condemned. How dare you? This is not democracy. Trump is a fascist. <laughs> now you got a DA who's like, "Yeah, if you if I get in office, I'm going to I'm going to indict Donald Trump." Yeah. And then he did it. And then the judge assigned to the case happens to well, have some family that maybe did some work for Kamala Harris and then the Biden-Harris campaign. Bah, whatever, who cares? Prosecuting it in an area that's very liberal. I don't know how you find an unbiased jury of Donald Trump's peers in an area where there are no peers of Donald Trump, or at least very, very few. And to be fair, I mean, one of the reasons why, if you take a step back, one of the reasons why it has kind of been that presidents are somewhat above the law, or at least there are more considerations, is because the idea of getting an actual unbiased jury against a president is impossible. How do you do that? Yeah. 
Either and, way. I mean, they've said it a hundred times, but yeah, we're in uncharted waters. You know, what venue do you change it to? Right, because, okay, if you if you put it in a red state, then you can also make the argument. Yeah, you could. Well, that, that jury is going to be heavily favorable to Donald Trump. I don't know how you find that per. It's like... Dude, I, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to imagine who hasn't heard of Donald Trump and who doesn't have an opinion of Donald Trump at this point. And the thing is, to me, the way legacy media and even, you know, to a large degree, social media portrays Trump. And I'm not saying a lot of people that voted for Biden still wouldn't think Trump was a bad guy or not like his policies. But if you had an honest news media. The opinion of Trump might it might be the same, but they would think of it completely different. Yeah. They would know all of the facts. There are so many things that, well, it seems like half the country believe about Trump that just aren't true. And you're never going to hear, you know, on NBC or ABC anywhere else, this relationship as far as this person that worked for the Biden-Harris campaign or the history of hating the Trump family. They're never going to know any of that stuff because it's, you know, mm -hmm. a biased media. Yeah. It just is what it is. I used to say it, and that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Gosh, dang. That is true. Um, all right, let's move on to this. Uh, Trump's lawyer saying he is not going to plead guilty to anything, not even a misdemeanor. Yeah, Joe Takapina was on Good Morning America this morning to preview what's happening today. And one of the questions is, and this does happen a lot of times, obviously, again, we're in uncharted territory with a former president being indicted. But a lot of times, because prosecutors have basically unlimited time and money to go after you, people will just take a misdemeanor plea agreement to get this thing off their plate. Got better things to do with my time, yada, yep. yada, yada. Uh, that, that apparently is off the table. I'm not surprised by that, but here's the uh, Q&A. I'm just wondering, would, would the president consider pleading guilty to a misdemeanor to make this go away? George, I, one thing I could assure you of as I sit here today, there will be no guilty plea in this case. That's one thing I can guarantee you. I don't think this case is going to see a jury. I think it's going to go away on, on papers. I think there's a legal challenge that will be made and should be made successfully. Um, you know, so that's federal. based on not seeing the charges. But, you but don't it's based on not seeing, but understanding the, the base of the charge, which is going to be regarding a federal election and a state prosecutor bringing charges on a federal campaign law violation theory that has never been prosecuted before. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, uh, we're going to be making a lot of motions. Obviously, selective prosecution motions to dismiss will be coming. There'll be a lot more, but we'll decide that once we see the indictment. Yeah, I want to hear that guy say Iron Maiden live in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> like an old of, concert. Then he have one of those great voices. He, he does. Well, he he kind of has that, and, and Trump has a habit of picking uh, lawyers who come across as rather intimidating sometimes. Maybe an extra on Goodfellas or something. Yeah. I mean, Joe Tacopino. I mean, come on. Be a shame if you filed charges that weren't warranted. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got some friends in the concrete shoe industry. <laughs> Where's my money? Uh, speaking of money, you're going to be paying more for gas. Switching gears yeah, well, to the news yeah. yesterday, David was talking about uh, Saudi Arabia. Basically flips off Biden again says, yeah. I got to be making so much oil. You know why they're doing that? There was a whole piece in the Wall Street Journal about it. Uh, because they have a whole lot of big projects they want to accomplish mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia. And so they don't want to get the price of gas too low. They want to make as much money as possible. Yep. 
And so that's the whole play. Yeah, you're not producing anything over there in the United States. You kind of need it. We'll just try to just stamp it down a little bit, make sure that cost just keeps mm-hmm. coming up and, and never dips below a certain level. Like, yeah, I mean, businesses do do that. But it's the second time in six months the Saudis have disregarded U.S. concerns. Well, what? what, what <laughs> The story says. What incentive do they have to regard our concerns? Yes. The only thing in the real world, the only thing that people actually recognize is money and power. And who controls resources is the one who gets both. Period. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'll read from the story, this, that part about disregarding U.S. concerns. Despite significant potential ramifications on the bilateral relationship that elevated oil prices would help fuel Russia's war machine. Well, yeah, you see mm-hmm. Russia banding together with China, and then there's Saudi Arabia, and then China brokers the peace between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, buddy, a lot of this does not sound good for the United States. Well, and also the U.S. dollar is uh, losing its grip as a global currency. I mean, you've got Russia and multiple countries in Africa and South America that are uh, now basically saying, okay, yeah, we're going to be treating uh, Chinese currency as as sort of the standard now in order to trade with Russia. Yep. Also, real quick, Sunday's production cut is the clearest signal yet that the Saudis will do whatever it takes to keep oil prices at levels that benefit them. Prince Mohammed is implementing what analysts label a Saudi-first economic policy. Saudi-first? That's That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> Are you telling America me? America first? That doesn't, doesn't sound, sound very nice. inclusive, does it? Are you telling me that maybe the crown prince isn't joining in the World Economic Forum, One World Vision? <laughs> Apparently not. Hmm. Crazy. Uh, Prince Mohammed told associates last year that he was no longer interested in pleasing the U.S., saying he wants something in return for anything he gives to Washington, according to people familiar with the conversation. We can send him drag stream, uh, drag queen story hours. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah. I don't think that would work very well. <laughs> no, I don't either. It wouldn't last very long. <laughs> no, that wig wouldn't fit right. No. 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 No, he'd, he'd have him reading the stories from the roof of the library, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be there very long. Uh, David, you had an update on Randy Weingarten? Yeah. So there was a protest at City Hall in Tallahassee, Florida. A pro-abortion people swarming around the building. And, of course, the narrative, uh, the narrative is now, because they got arrested for disorderly conduct, Ron DeSantis is arresting protesters. <laughs> One person who got in on the action <laughs> was uh, teachers union boss Randy Weingarten, who oh, said, no. quote, now DeSantis is arresting his opponents. I think she meant to write his opponents, but there was a typo. Teacher's union head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the Twitter community notes came in for the rescue here. Uh, readers added context. They thought people might want to know. Tallahassee Police Department is an agency controlled by the city of Tallahassee. The city commission has a Democratic Party majority, and the mayor is a member of the Democratic Party. Okay. She's something, man. My my favorite cell phone of all time is when the Ukraine war started, and you know they're talking about how the teachers. I mean, we need we are needed to uh, shape your kids' worldview, and uh, you know mm-hmm. your kids need us, and oh, we mm-hmm. are the most prized possession America has to offer. 
and they printed out the We Stand with Ukraine posters that was yeah. supposed to be the Ukrainian flag, except they had the colors mixed up. Right. <laughs> they, they printed it upside down. Right. <laughs> I guess Rose, teaching your kids. I guess the geography teaching communist was out sick that day. <laughs> the so. Frisbee golf flag, and they didn't even know when they screwed it up. What was she recently, like, screaming about, too? Oh, yeah. She does a lot of yelling. <laughs> Just unhinged. It was a yeah. student loan debt. Florida is scaring people. Blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. My goodness. She's a peach. Uh, you men- mentioned transgender a minute ago. It reminded me, we, I said we would get to the story. The whole Bud Light controversy with Dylan Mulvaney. If you missed that, at first we thought, okay, is this a joke? Is this real? Um, Bud Light has teamed with the TikTok trans star Dylan Mulvaney. And we played a clip from that yesterday. This month I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. And there were plenty of people that are like, what is going on? disavowing Anheuser-Busch. I can tell you one of those was Kid Rock. Yeah. And the whole thing's gone viral now, and it looks like a, like a 12-pack of Bud Light. You don't see it at first. I mean, you just see Kid Rock, and he's kind of walking around, and then he says, Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Okay, what you just heard is him firing at the 12-pack of Bud Light, and now you just see all the cans got holes in them and it's beer going everywhere. And then Kid comes on and says, Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. <laughs> I'm thinking Kid Rock doesn't approve of the relationship with Dylan Mulvaney and Anheuser-Busch. Reading the tea leaves there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. The Sully's, though, don't go yeah. unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah, if you get a chance, seeing it is way better than just hearing it. Okay. What Republican is defending Soros prosecutors? We got to get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trump arrives at courthouse for arraignment. You're looking live. Boom. Manhattan. Mm. All of cable news right now. Yeah, okay. Have, they should let Jim Nance narrate the opening. <laughs> <laughs> How are the azaleas doing right there in Manhattan? <laughs> With the I, smell this... of urine, it's downtown Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say it doesn't look much like Augusta right there in New York City. They left a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. The whole city. You're right about that. Oh, gosh dang it. Keeping an eye on that. The homeless uh, population is blooming beautifully right now. <laughs> The odor. Oh, boy, oh, boy. It's a cornucopia of unpleasantness. Welcome I'm to the Trump endorsement, to the Trump indictment. Hello, friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, who is the Republican that is defending Soros prosecutors? Oh, it's, that, it's the former Republican governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. Oh, He's- go away. 
away already. He's running for president for some reason. He was asked about the Trump indictment and comments made by the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, about the prosecutor. DeSantis said the left-wing prosecutor is a menace to society because he is. But Asa Hutchinson says, no, that's too mean. This is on News Nation. Okay. Well, I think it's appealing to the worst instincts of America versus trying to sort through a difficult time in our country. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I look at okay. what Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, has done, and I have said that uh, if the facts are as I understand it, as a former prosecutor, I wouldn't bring that case. But we also need to wait to see what the facts are. There's <laughs> a lot of unknowns that are here. Okay. You got, you got commie prosecutors going after a former president of the United States over subject matter that was dismissed by federal law enforcement right now in order to fulfill a campaign promise. And this yes. guy is worried about, well, the rhetoric is a little bit too mean. <clears throat> okay. I know before different people have said, why is this guy running for president? Right? Because he really does not have a chance. Well, it, it's so obvious. It, and it just dawned on me. I should have figured it out before now. The path has been paved by the likes of Adam Kinzinger. Okay, you're done being governor. You want some gig on CNN or MSNBC as the, quote, Republican voice that no Republican voter takes seriously at all? I guess he could do it. I mean, I don't know how we would do, you know, weeping on camera. What you guys want? You guys help? <laughs> I'm sure he could you do know, it. Democracies are not defined by our bad days. Let me hear. Yeah, I think he could pull that off, probably. Olesa. Democracies. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. Sorry, big biggest story of the day, David. <laughs> biggest story. I, I find that so funny. <laughs> Democracy. <laughs> 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 Dang it, that's I guess the big story now is Donald Trump is now under arrest. And by the way, the cast of MSNBC, they need more boxes of Kleenex right now. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. Not Somebody bring a mop into the studio. Jeez. <laughs> Golly. All right. We'll get an update on that. Um, also, the mother of a child treated at a transgender clinic speaks out. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Action. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Donald Trump, the 45th President of the United States of America, is officially under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, man, the way that all the crew at CNN is acting right now, I am really glad that Jeffrey Tubin no longer works there. They would, there aren't enough sponges in the world. God, you know, oh, the man. thing is, I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> I did. I just didn't know how to say it articulately. You just did. <laughs> uh, Anybody golly. got a Swiffer wet jet? Hold on. <laughs> it, it would, it would, he would have seen this today. The, the camera comes on. He goes, give me a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Anderson Cooper, live on CNN as Donald Trump has just been arrested. Jeffrey Tubin, quick, hand check. <laughs> Holy mackerel! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
So, yeah, he's, he is uh, formally under arrest. He's arrived at the courthouse in Manhattan where this communist prosecutor is uh, charging him with felonies. So we'll, okay. All right. Damn, I'm seeing people stand outside. Some are holding signs. It looks pretty mellow. Yeah, there, there were some John back and forth going on, but it does look like uh, NYPD and Secret Service really do have this thing locked down. Like they're not, they're they look like they're ready to roll. If anything, if anybody gets out of hand, you know, <laughs> this is so silly. So they just flashed a picture of Trump, and he was looking at, uh, I would imagine, people that are there to support him, and he just raised his right arm and had a fist, mm-hmm. which you'd say, yeah, thanks, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can't help my brain from thinking, okay, how does the left portray that? You know oh. what they're going to say. Well, it's a secret hand signal to white supremacists. White power. Yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've reappropriated the raised fist from the black community or something. I don't know, man. It, that's what I, I thought. Okay, here we go. It, we're going to have some sort of take because he's trying to steal the black power sign or some nonsense like that. The dog whistle term will come up again. Okay, so to predict right now, will we hear something about that in the next 24 hours? I say yes. With the fist. I, well, I'm going to go against that. Are, are we betting that it will have something to do with racism or just that it will be controversial that he had his hand raised up? Raised up and race will be mentioned. See, here's yeah, I, I'm not taking the bet. I, <laughs> I'm not either. Here's how I think they'll do it. Here's how I think they're going to tie this together. Okay, all of this together. You're, you're going to have Joy Reid on MSNBC or somebody that shows a picture of him with the fist raised, and then they're going to do a side by side of Senator Josh Hawley on the day of the Capitol riot when he had his fist raised. Mm-hmm. And they're going to draw that connection because, after all, the insurrection was a was a statement of white supremacy or something according to these nut jobs. Right. They probably will try to connect those dots and I mean it's every day watching watching the takes on cable news it really is fascinating. I've mentioned this before. It starts out in a in, an, in a somewhat chaotic event like this. It starts off calling balls and strikes. So, okay, here's what's happening, here's what mm-hmm. here's what's going to happen. And then as it festers more and more and more, the takes get crazier and crazier and crazier. Until basically it's it's like watching an even more unhinged version of a beautiful mind when Joy Reid is somehow saying the fact that uh, the color of his tie is some sort of secret signal to white supremacist (laughs) neo-Nazis or something. Yes. And Sonny Hostin will agree. Yes, probably so. Two biggest racists on TV. Well, and then... um, Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. She would would not be be my my first first choice choice that I can (laughs) tell. But he is going to be speaking tonight from Mar-a-Lago. And I'm sure, you know, that's going to be covered more than any speech he's given probably in the last year. And then we'll see what is taken out of that and where it all goes. But, yeah, I mean, and you got to remind yourself, too. Even the Washington Post said this is thin. What are they going to get him on? And I guess we'll know more about the 34 counts as the day goes on yeah. exactly what they're saying. So we're keeping an eye on that. You know, something... Big that's going on today. Our friends in Wisconsin headed to the polls decide the balance of the state Supreme Court. Mm. People are talking about this is big, not just for the state of Wisconsin, mm. but really for the whole country. 
Did you see how much money is being spent on this campaign? I didn't. Total spending. Okay. Uh, you look at previous years, total spending around $10 million. It's exceeded $40 million. Wow. Holy smokes. Yes, the conservative candidate, former Justice Stan Kelly, backed by most Republicans, facing off against liberal candidate Judge Janet Potosiewicz, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty close. Uh, she uh, reportedly has donations from George Soros. Really? <laughs> and J.B. Pritzker, governor of Illinois. Yeah, he's uh, oh, he's yeah. fantastic, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, even Hollywood threw some money in there. Steven Spielberg contributed to the liberal candidate, as did Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. See, now, if you're voting for a judgeship, golly, you got money coming in from all over the place to influence. And- well, it's been conservative four to three, and they want to flip it. Jeez. Yeah. So we'll be keeping an eye on and that. And why does Steven Spielberg, I mean, none of these people live in the state. No, not that I know of. It's terrible. They don't have to live under the ramifications of their money spree. Well, no, that's what they want. They want this to be. Well, I know what they want. Yeah. A socialist country. I mean, and that's just another step in that direction. Because Steven Spielberg's done really, really awful in life. with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? David, I want to get to the story you have about the mother of a child treated at the transgender clinic. Yeah. Where this happen? This was at the uh, transgender clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Remember, the Free Press had a whistleblower write an essay for them. Somebody yes. who was a case manager yep. at the facility who said, you know, one day I just kind of came to the realization we're not doing these kids any favors because we're pushing them into this life-altering decision and using hand-picked therapists to confirm that they are trans, to put them down this path of mutilation. Uh, The Free Press has an update to this because a mom of a child who was undergoing treatment there Mm. read that article, saw that article, and said, holy cow, this is my experience. This is exactly what happened. And really, I think the the jumping-off point was because the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and a couple others in the local news outlets – ran with these activist uh, uh, experts who said, well, this is no distorted and blah, blah, blah. They never once mentioned that one of the people they interviewed was actually an activist with a relationship <laughs> with the gender clinic. Unbelievable. So the fake news media strikes again here to mislead people about this issue. Uh, the mom is identified as Caroline, and her son is Casey. At the age of 13, Casey says he started reading about uh, transgenderism online. He starts researching this, and as it's quoted in the article, he felt, holy crap, you can do that. Soon he declared he was gender fluid. By 14, he had read up on puberty blockers and said, hey, that's for me. I want to take puberty blockers. So the dad, who has primary custody of the son, wanted to be open-minded and took him to the St. Louis Children's Hospital's transgender clinic. Caroline didn't initially consent, but then says she was pressured into approving the drug implant that they use, which is supposed to stay in for two years. This part's crazy. As As part of the consultation, the therapist did say Casey might be rendered infertile, and this 14 year old, God. Said it's okay. I don't want kids. You're 14. <laughs> of course. 
How and, do you know? And the adults just went along with it. The therapist, though, very helpfully said, hey, set up an appointment to bank some of his sperm for later in case he changes his mind. It's so sad, man. Uh, so they gave the kid the drugs. Mom was told with the child in the room during a consultation that the child might kill himself if he didn't get the drugs. So the kid is there. And so the entire the way that she describes it is harrowing because she's in this room with her ex-husband, or at least the father of the child, and the child himself, and a therapist, and they're not allowed to talk openly and freely because you don't talk about your kid killing himself with him in the room when you're trying to have an adult conversation and make a decision as a parent. Right. That is a complete uh, abdication of ethics. That is a complete abandonment of any sort of ethics for a psychiatrist, a therapist, or a doctor. Um, anyway, they gave him the drugs, uh, and then Casey started failing in school. He was depressed, wound up being treated for suicidal thoughts, had to be hospitalized. Uh, the mom tried to revoke her consent, but the gender clinic wouldn't do it, because apparently to get consent, you need both parents, both legal guardians, but okay. if you want to revoke it, I'm sorry, you won't, uh, yeah, you need one, but one can have the veto power, but if you revoke your consent, that doesn't count unless the other parent does it, too. Uh, the gender clinic wouldn't do it. They even asked for a copy, a copy of her custody agreement in order to go through yeah. and see, like, well, do you even have a right to talk about this with us? And she says, I was never asked to provide any such documentation when they put the implant in. But in this case, well, we're going to do everything wow. we can to stop you from undoing this. He's 16 now. He still has the implant, uh, and he's supposed to be getting it removed this summer because I guess the, the time is up. Man, oh, man. You know, I spent some time at that hospital with my younger daughter who was having some stomach issues uh, when she was pretty young. And I think back at that experience and honestly how great it was. Um, really thoughtful, good doctors, very informative. Um, and I sit here and think, how could this happen? And I guess it's the same way it can happen anywhere. Mm hmm a lot of people on the left, especially as people either that are knowingly believing in Marxism or those that just get kind of swept into it, you're always playing the long game, you know, and little by little, whether that is the medical world or media, academia, law, whatever, you get more and more of the same people thinking the same way. And then once you're known as the experts and have that sort of sway, you can change a whole lot of things. And you see in the medical world, <laughs> this trans issue, how it's flipped in such a short amount of time. And it's for a number of different reasons, but it's, we just got to keep fighting against that. That's terrible. We're going to have this happening to more and more kids. And it's so sad. Saw this piece today, switching gears. Um, the new rules of layoffs. This was from the Wall Street Journal because there are a lot of different companies that have had to have layoffs so far in 2023. And instead of just going piece by piece, I will ask, ask, I will ask you both, what would you rather um, have happen in these situations if you're going to be laid off? Because there's always a way of thinking this is the right way or not. If you're going to have layoffs, say you got a, a company has to lay off uh, 500 people, would you rather it be 500 at once or 50 at a time over a period of time? 
500 at once. Yep. Pull oh. a Band-Aid off. Rip it right off. Okay. Because um, companies grapple with that. They're, tra- they're trying to figure it out. Um, would you rather be called into the office to get laid off or just do it like on a Zoom call or FaceTime or something like that? Hit me up on Twitter. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'd rather not have the conversation. Yeah. Same for you? Yeah. Chad? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd rather. I mean, only happened to me once and I was prone at the time. So. Well, I remember a buddy of mine. That's what he did for a living. He, he didn't last long. I think it was a year and a half. He had to go into different corporations and let people know they were getting laid oh, off. God. Oh, dude. You don't ever want that gig. What a miserable job. Yeah. Um, would you rather it be on Friday or midweek? Midweek. Yeah, midweek. Yeah, the conventional wisdom has been Friday, but people are starting to rethink that a little bit. Yeah, it makes me fear Fridays. Yeah, I mean, if you have kids in school and things like that, I mean, it'd be, uh, to me, at least, I would rather be able to be, like, alone in the house for a little while and not have to yeah. worry about family stuff all day the liquor, liquor store on the way home and right well i live in yeah. texas and liquor stores are closed on sundays so uh, last one is it a mistake if a manager says hey, you know this is so hard letting you go it's not you it's us in our company right now you don't want to hear that no there i mean there's a there's a way to do it without doing it i think it's like if they say hey look this is about budget stuff um, sorry, we can't we can't afford to keep you. Uh, we'll give you a letter of recommendation. I mean, that's a that's a more right. formal way of saying it's 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 not you, it's me. But yeah, well, and the other the other you know little piece that they're trying to figure out, and we learned this from NPR, was well, who do you keep around? <laughs> Is it the best people, or should you have some quotas for diversity? No, so? no quotas. <laughs> The best for oh, you. Well, there's going to be quotas. You know there will be. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, my gosh, man. Okay, much more to get to. Update on the Trump situation. And that teacher that was shot by the six-year-old is suing the school district. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trump being processed inside New York courthouse right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got to imagine what's going through his mind, thinking I'm the one being indicted. So where's Hunter? Where the hell are you, Hunter? <laughs> he did put out on uh, Truth Social minutes before showing up at the courthouse uh, to be processed uh, that it was surreal. Can't believe they're doing this in America. And I agree with that. It, it is it is remarkable right now that you have this, especially because, I mean, when you even have the Washington Post editorial board warning against this type of step it is surreal and i think for all the people screeching about democratic norms ah, (laughs) all y'all can take a seat from now on okay (laughs) if you're out there i mean all all these people who screech about our our precious democracy it's pathetic yeah we'll have another update real quick that teacher who was shot by the six-year-old Suing the school district for how much? Yeah, Abby Zwerner is suing the school district uh, $40 million, or $4 or $40 million. Uh, this is the woman who it happened in Newport News, Virginia. She was uh, shot by a six-year-old student with a history of behavioral problems. And they had warned the district, like, multiple times that he had a gun, and no one did anything about it. Yes. I hope she gets every penny. Well, Yes. 
And honestly, for the people that knew and did nothing, there should be something that happens to those people. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Former President Donald Trump is under arrest. Bum, bum, bum. And I'll tell you, the the way that mainstream media is acting right now, they are trying so hard to, you know, not excite themselves too early that I think New York City is about to run out of cold water for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) everybody calm down a little bit well actually i have a piece of audio from msnbc okay i have not heard this yet oh gosh oh no but (laughs) well what you want to make sure that it's curated no i just you got to risk it for the biscuit man do we want to have some fun or not yeah yeah, let's msnbc here we go this is all i know that it seems like at least at msnbc they feel like they've won and it's like a minute (laughs) clip maybe minute 10 seconds but i don't know exactly where it goes but this just happened uh a little bit ago and i think it's worth taking a pause for a moment and recognizing the moment that we're in that we've never been in before oh my god and that is that when he walked into that courthouse and he was escorted officially donald trump former president of the United States, front runner for the Republican nomination for president of the United States, is now under arrest. <laughs> okay, hold on. She was walking. Wait a minute. Escorted. <laughs> the Donald John Trump has been arrested. We need to pause for a minute? Yeah, yeah. that struck you, Scott. Yeah, it did. That, that's so dramatic and whack job. What are we watching? The first shuttle going up? <laughs> Let's pause for a moment at the greatness. I understand that. Here, I'll, I'll play Tiger some more. Woods coming off 18 after winning the green jacket again. Pause for Okay, I get it. This. What is this? We've never seen it before. Oh, God. It is a sobering moment. Yeah, of course. And even though he's very consistent sending out social media posts from the car saying again seems so surreal wow they are going to arrest me can't believe this is happening in america you could shorten that and say that for donald trump perhaps he can't believe this is happening he did not believe certainly in this case from the reporting from inside that neither did the washington post no (laughs) yeah hack but go ahead that this was going to happen, and it has now happened. Donald J. Trump is under arrest. And- <laughs> yeah. Has now happened. Mm. I mean, it, it's a historic moment for sure, but they, they, they realize that they're not the good guys here, right? No, I don't, they don't. I, I don't think they realize what this really looks like, and I, I think this is probably why they are doing the full court press to make it seem like it's this somber moment and all that but here you have a political enemy of donald trump trying to lock him up for charges that even the federal government 
didn't seem worth pursuing or didn't seem to think were worth pursuing. So you got to give these, you know, long-winded monologues about the day is finally here. Let's just pause for a moment and reflect. It's like they're going to commercial and they're like, this segment brought to you by Jergens Man Moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's <laughs> also interesting. Uh, if you talk to some people that can't stand Trump, and you read this, too, in different news reports, you get the sense a lot of people know this is BS, okay? But it doesn't matter to them because they look at it like Al Capone. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, get him on taxes. Get him on this, whatever. Just you get him. He's a bad guy. It doesn't matter what means. It doesn't matter that this Stormy Daniels thing is a load of crap. And that, you know, other prosecutors have passed it up. It doesn't matter. Just get Trump. That's it. Yeah. So they, they really don't care about the facts of the case or, you know, even what it looks like because they think they're on the right side. And, you know, orange man evil. And he's the great evil that needs to be taken down. But the, I just saw Alvin Bragg walk through the crowd. Yeah. He, okay. His face was very somber oh, and yes, sober. Obviously, they are just letting the facts lead them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's like it's like the whole January 6th committee thing where they, they come out with the final report and they're just like, we only followed where the facts led us. Of course. It doesn't matter that many people on this committee have spent years lying about Donald Trump being a Russian spy. No, we were objective investigators in this case. And omitted so much information <laughs> to yeah. try to build a narrative <laughs> of something that really didn't happen and fool half of the public while doing this. Of course, they're not going to say that, but that's what's going on. Okay, so be uh, keeping this updated. We'll see where it goes. I think the rest of the day is kind of going to go as planned, don't you suppose? Yeah, I mean, you got the court proceeding. Cameras not allowed in the courtroom uh, during the arraignment. We'll see if there is a mugshot that is taken. Uh, and we'll, again, we, you know, you just got to play it by feel. I mean, apparently, like in an hour and 15 minutes, the DA, Alvin Bragg, is going to waddle up to a podium somewhere and give a press conference. And then later on tonight, uh, Donald Trump is supposed to give some sort of address from Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if he's going to be taking questions or if it's just going to be uh, prepared comments or whatever. So we'll, we'll just have to wait to see what kind of information comes out of that courtroom, whether or not there's a gag order that gets issued, which Trump is definitely going to ignore. Um, so, yeah, at this point, you're just kind of reacting to whatever happens next. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Speaking of law, order, courts. What is the story out of Columbia Law School? Yeah, a group of Columbia Law School students met with Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And okay. the Columbia Law School, I guess, Instagram account put a picture of them up with, with, uh, with Brett Kavanaugh. And why wouldn't they? Right? right. At least nine student groups at the school are demanding protests and some sort of <laughs> compensation. Now, the National Lawyers Guild claimed that Columbia Law School was normalizing white supremacist patriarchal violence in the law, God. legal education, See. and the everyday fabric of U.S. society. They're the most unserious people on the planet. The Guild also wrote that the Federalist Society, 
Oh, the Federalist Society. Don't talk about George Soros, because that's just a conspiracy theory. But the Federalist Society <laughs> was a symptom of the disease of patriarchy and the gender-based violence it facilitates. Uh, there's Gosh. a group called Empowering Women of Color. They called the photo a terrifying stamp of approval from the school. Get this, the Latinx Law Students Association announced... <laughs> How can you take these people seriously? You can't. The Latinx or Latinx Law Students Association said, we are withdrawing from student events. Good. You're probably insufferable anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, the meet and greets just got a whole lot cooler. Without you there, nerd, get out of here. The American Constitution Society declared that Columbia Law School must recognize that there are consequences for its irresponsible and inappropriate actions. Yeah, and what are they? What are they? What are you going to do? Colin Kavanaugh, a radical jurist who has been credibly accused by multiple women of sexual yeah, credibly. I, I know. I thought these these are the future lawyers of America. Really? Yeah, that's what you, I'm afraid of. Yeah, credibly. Listen, if you've got some whack job that says something happened years ago, and your best friend at the time says uh, didn't happen, wasn't there. Yeah, that's credible. Give me a break. But dude, this is the scary part, I and mean, I'm sure you've read pieces on this and talked to different people saying all these different law schools currently. The indoctrination is at an all-time high as far as leftist ideas. Mm -hmm. They come out of there. They're your future judges. That's the terrifying thing. Mm. Because the wokeism has infiltrated itself into all parts of life. And that's just going to yeah. be something to look out for. Yeah, there's a number of different ways we've got to right the ship. Man, oh, man. Mm. And I think you were right, David, when you mentioned this, and I think Al Sharpton did kind of, you know, say the quiet part out loud. That, well, the facts of the case with this Trump thing, whatever. Be the good news is he's being humiliated. Yeah, that was the whole point. And that is the whole point of this. It's, it's to try to humiliate him because that's what they do to political opponents. That's what the left is doing. It is all about that's one of the reasons why they don't believe that Donald Trump is actually Hitler or Nazi. They don't believe that uh, no. a lot of Trump supporters are white supremacist terrorists or anything like that. It's about denigrating their perceived political enemies in the court of public opinion. That's what it's about. It's about dehumanizing people. Well, and with Trump, there's just it's a win doing what they're doing. Because if they do take him out. Yep. OK. The left fears him because he's not beholden to anybody. He could uproot a whole lot of systems. Or on the other side, and they've said this, they think Trump is the one beatable Republican mm -hmm. in the field. And by putting these charges against him, it elevates him. We've already seen it with the numbers in the primary. Mm -hmm. Because they feel like there's easily three or four other Republicans that would beat the Democrat, no questions asked, in 24. But Trump they could beat. So either way, they come out of this with something good happening for them. What was exactly that Sharpton said about this? His family not there, nobody. They're going to call Donald Trump 
not Trump or Donald Trump, and he's going to have to answer like the kids he wanted to have the death penalty. He's humiliated. What? What I don't mean? care if it becomes the weaker case or the stronger case. It is the most impactful, humiliating case to Donald Trump because he knows that a half mile down from that courthouse on Wall Street, they're the big titans that he always wanted to thumb his nose at. We'll be saying, we told you he was a crook. Look at him. He's in this court. Okay. Like a common thief. <laughs> what was the? I don't know. Dang, that, that, that'll be Central Park something. Five or whatever that old case was, where Trump was saying they were guilty, and apparently they weren't guilty. I don't know. The lefties in New York City still think that's like the number one controversy that America has faced and not atoned for properly. I just can't get over Al Sharpton. It's the most humiliating. That guy. Letterman, he died of accidental asphema. Uh, uh, Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah. I don't know something about that sounds humiliating. Crazy. Man, I'll tell you, you get a case of asphema. It's, it's not good. That's, that's not good at all. No. Man, all those classic Sharpton against the teleprompter. Yeah. Incredible. Did the New England Patriots cheat to get into the big game? <laughs> NFL analyst and Hall of Fame player Troy Aikens. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it goes yeah. on and on, man. It's like you can't get enough of these. Michael Drewniski. Druniak. Including Lincoln himself, <laughs> Daniel Days Lewis. <laughs> Behind Monica Lewinsky, the one and only Trey Song is here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Okay, one more. Allison Lundergren grinds Gina Dehausseus when Gina Dehausseus Tea Party Challenger Matt Matt Bivin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Trump humiliated today. <laughs> Dehausseus is that guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you could do that stuff all day. Dwiddling. He, they, they do not want him dwiddling his thumbs. <laughs> Don't dwiddle. Don't ever Here's dwiddle your thumbs. Next. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trump being processed inside New York courthouse. <laughs> so Trump and Alvin Bragg will be yep. in the same room. I would assume make eye contact at some point. Does Trump say anything to him? I don't, I don't know. I wonder, man. This picture of the guard, the one in the middle with the beard. Oh, on the Fox yeah. monitor right yeah. now? Yes. He already beat Don Lemon tonight in ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of CNN, did you hear how Anderson Cooper announced that Donald Trump was under arrest? I did not. No, mm. missed it. It's got to be dramatic. And Karen, you're saying as soon as he enters that building, he is technically under arrest? Yes. So at this moment at 1.24 p.m. Eastern Time, Donald J. Trump is under arrest? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. <sighs> okay, man. Did anybody else flash back to JFK? Dallas time when Concrete delivered the news? Okay, this isn't that. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was the death you of people that want to yeah. over-dramatize everything. It's all drama. Yeah. It's all so coached up and ridiculous. He whiz, man. Go home to mommy. <laughs> That's why, yes, go say that to Bragg. That'd be funny. Well, who knows, man, what's going to happen with all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think we think this case goes anywhere. But We'll see. Trying to go through the 34 counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
will be interesting. We'll get to another update on that. You have a Chinese balloon update from Corinne Jean-Pierre? Yeah, so we learned yesterday that, in fact, it did get a pretty good look at some sensitive military sites, including doing figure eights around sensitive sites in the United States. And, you know, that goes completely against what the Biden administration was trying to say. Hey, look, we blocked the transmissions when, in fact, uh, they basically moved some trucks around to try to avoid being spotted by Biden the, said it himself. Yeah. He lied. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked about that report that came out yesterday. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to confirm or address that report, but what I'll say, I'll say a couple of things from here. Look, we knew the flight path of the balloon before it crossed the United States. That's something that I said from here. Uh, uh, we took precautions. Well, why, why would you not confirm the report? You don't trust the report? Why? Uh, uh, we took precautions in advance to ensure that it didn't get sensitive information. So also something. But it did. But it did. <laughs> oh, Robin. Well, just listen. stop it with that nonsense. <laughs> it did. Quit telling us it didn't. That's we what know they it do. Did. It's just gaslighting, man. Uh, that I said from this podium uh, during that time, when it comes to technology like this balloon, it has limited additive value compared to other means of intelligent collection. So the, bo the bottom line, uh, the administration identified this problem and it did something uh, about it. Lim what kind of McGurkin-y nonsense is that? Limited, limited additive yeah. uh, value, value is still added value. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's what doesn't make any sense. Like, they're saying, well, I mean, it couldn't do much more than low orbit satellites and things. Right. But there's a reason why they did it, because they could get some level of information that wasn't previously available to them. She doesn't make any sense, no. man. I don't know what else to say about that. It just doesn't. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, we know the biggest story of the day, David. Yeah, the biggest story of the day is... On this somber day, you'll always remember where you are. Donald Trump, 45th president of the United States, is under arrest. <laughs> For what? Campaign finance? <laughs> yeah. Hush money? I mean, I mean, okay. It's one of those Trump things. Out of the courtroom right now. I, yeah. I, I know that there's serious implications to all of this down the road, but at the same time, we've been talking about that for like three weeks. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. We'll get another uh, news update. And then, Robin, you got your top three of the day. Yep. All right. Trifecta. Also coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. I'll tell you, man, if, if you're uh, if you're a business owner near a cable news studio today, it is a great time to stock up on extra Kleenex. Mm, so, can you stop saying that? <laughs> Golly, <laughs> oh, there's so many tears. You see? Yeah, yeah tears. That's what mm, I'm referring yeah, to. Yes, yes. No, yeah, okay. So Donald Trump is formally under arrest. Uh, the indictment is being read to him now. <laughs> yeah, this is the day. Everybody yeah, I heard John Carl on ABC earlier say you can tell he's shaken by this. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a dumb thing to say. Yeah, you okay. Look at the man. He's so, broken. And that was from yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was out there today saying, well, we, 
we're not going to comment on it, um, which I, I suppose is right. Uh, one, because you really shouldn't be commenting on any of these politically charged uh, court cases, but that hasn't stopped them in the past. No. You know, and the interesting thing is actually a reporter with the failing New York Times asked her, Michael Shear is his name, asked mm-hmm. her, uh, hey, you know, the, the president doesn't have any problem talking about the Capitol riot defendants. There are like 500 cases still pending, and he still talks about it. So what's the difference here? You're not willing to talk about his top political rival being arrested today in New York, but you're going to talk about some Joe Schmo who got arrested because he walked into the Capitol? That, wow. That, I mean, what what's the difference here? And I think he kind of broke Corrine Jean-Pierre. It's a longer clip, but man, it... it <laughs> well, let's enjoy. So what's the difference between that and this? Done. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but with all seriousness, January 6th... Um, was a devastating day. Like, you guys, I think, if, if you guys weren't there, some of your colleagues were on Capitol Hill. We had, um, we had law enforcement, uh, police officers who were attacked, who died. Um, and what time we out. saw on time that. Out. All right, we're going to call time this. out. They just keep doing this. It's been proven time and time again. That's not true. Okay. I'm not saying it was a great day. No, but... I mean, uh, devastating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vandalism. Yeah. Summer of 2020. Not. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Go ahead. Um, and what we saw on that day was an attack on our democracy. It was a devastating, <laughs> devastating day in our How? history. And it was, uh, it was a moment for this president to have spoken to. Right. He had millions and millions of Americans who watched what was happening on Capitol Hill, something that many of us, I've never seen it, and many of us had never, ever seen before, you know? And uh, it was something that needed to be spoken to. Uh, when you see something like that, our democracy, literally our democracy under attack. And so the president will never shy away when it comes to our democracy, when it comes to the fabric of who we are as a country. So, so the the president will speak out on open court cases because of this, but when a political opponent is arrested by a political ally, that's something that he's going to stay away from. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. I mean, she was running in a circle there. She yeah, she really was. Wow. <laughs> I think you're right about that. She didn't know how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. That was, if nothing else, an entertaining listen. Is that, was that it? That was it, yes. Okay, just making sure. Because if there was more, I wanted more. There's no doubt. Okay, keeping you up to date on what's going on. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot more going to happen in the next 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But, I mean, we just saw Trump walk by. The arraignment is happening, you know, keeping you up to date on that. It's more what this represents than the actual you know, technicalities of the day, I guess. But more of that to say, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's roll, man. Okay, do the trifecta. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe off. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories today. The trifecta helps by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Yeah, Casey and I watched the NCAA championship game last night. I'm ready. So he was up late. That's all I know. Three. Okay. <laughs> Number three, uh, food stamp spending is increasing, you're telling me. Uh, federal government spending in general mm-hmm. uh, shot up 40% from 40% from 2019 to 2023. The government passed large spending bills in response to the pandemic, but spending continues to remain high. But the pandemic is over. Joe Biden declared it so. I heard him. The ratcheting up of spending is evident with the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. That's SNAP. Benefits for food stamps are administered by the states, but funded through the U.S. Department of Agriculture and ultimately federal taxpayers. SNAP spending has doubled to $63 billion from 2019 to 2023. The Congressional Budget Office projects this spending will dip as the pandemic pandemic benefits expire, but will still remain as high as it's ever been. (laughs) Just so you know, the pandemic is over. But yeah. the spending is not. Well, I, I keep seeing that because some of the uh, the increased benefits from the pandemic are expiring, uh, along with a few other increased benefits. And, and there are a lot of uh, lefty journalists who are saying, oh, they're completely screwing over poor people just when they exactly. need it most. And yes, it's like, well, right. wait a minute. No, this was this speaks to the overall problem with with entitlements in general with any sort of government spending once you start increasing it it's hard to roll it back well, well and every time yes. i hear a story like this all i think about is the percentage of able-bodied men that are not working well this was mentioned too yes i mean that's a huge problem the nilfs nilf the what N- the nilfs what is the nilf you never heard of the NILF? No, I don't know what a NILF is. I've never heard that. Uh, well, is it's... that a Marvel character? No, um, the NILF is not in labor force. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We got something for that. Yeah, see, I knew you'd like that, dude. It was what <laughs> one in fifty years back. It's one in nine now. Guys between twenty-five and fifty-four years old that just dropped out of the workforce. Nah, nah. No, thanks. Not for me. Nilfs. There you go. Nilfs. I imagine there's a segment somewhere <laughs> in the in the uh, adult world for Nilfs. Just I, don't look it up on that just, computer, please. I know, I was, guys with controllers in their hands. I was going to say. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Casey just ran right over you. Okay. <laughs> the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Yeah. Two. Uh, number two, Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden's team is walking back her idea to have the winners and losers of the women's NCAA basketball championship game show up at the White House. Yeah, hashtag all teams matter. Uh, if you didn't hear it, this is what Dr. Jill Biden... Well, how is it? Dr. First Lady Dr. Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. First Lady Dr. Biden. Okay. This is what she had to say to the to the adoring fans of LSU after the okay. win. Yeah. Last night, I attended the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it it was like so exciting wasn't it 
It was such a great game. And you know, I'm old enough that I remember when we got Title IX and we fought so hard, right? We fought so hard. And look at where women's sports has come today. So we gotta keep working. We gotta keep working. I didn't think the Kamala Harris after game speech after the loss yeah, was the chat could right. be topped, but, but Yeah, she's right there, isn't she? This is a rival. Congratulations to both teams. So I know we'll have the champions come to um, to the White House. We always do. So, you know, are. we'll have LSU oh, come. But you know what? I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. So, right? So winners uh, and losers, that's no. sportsmanship. That's good sportsmanship. No, that's no, not that's sportsmanship. Really dumb. Yeah. It just shows how clueless you are. Uh, so that's what the first lady said. Well, her team now is walking back those comments. Jill Biden's team. Jill's team. Oh, the that's doctor, lady, first lady, doctor. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. What's the doctorate in again? Uh, it's a Ed- EDD. Education or psychology yeah. or education. something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Jill said what? <laughs> uh, you know what Jill said. This is what her press oh, lady said. Oh, her team. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The first lady loved watching the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game alongside young student-athletes and admires how far women advanced in sports. Her comments in Colorado were intended to applaud the historic game and all women athletes. She looks forward to celebrating the LSU Tigers on their championship win at the White House. Okay. Is that it? That's it. She didn't know what she was doing when she said that. Yeah. The backlash would have been on. Mm-hmm. Well, the backlash should be on. And one thing she did But not- it wouldn't be on for the reasons you think it should be on. The backlash from the left would have been because Iowa was a predominantly white team on the floor. I thought you were going to say because there weren't any dudes on the team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is probably why Dr. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden wants... She gets uncomfortable around too many black people. I've heard that. I mean, it's well documented that she and her husband are raging racists. So... I think that is well documented. I mean, why do why do they always sound like they're reading to kindergarten children? Her and Mamala both had the same kind of sing songy. Wasn't it, it a great so exciting. game? Exciting! It was so great. Boy, that is a good point. Just knock it off, all yeah. right. I'm with you on that. Now on with the countdown. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. Casey. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, the woke CMT awards, which he spoke about yesterday. Inspired the best the best hashtag game ever. Oh, dudes, this is so great. There was several moments during the CMTs where we did have some uh, controversial subject matter that was taking place. Like what? There was the men dressed as women dancing on stage. Behind, okay, behind, I'm surprised. Behind Casey Ballerini. And the CMTs, okay. Yeah, I wasn't even sure what I was watching. And then there was like this... There was this gun control thing at the start of it, and so it was injected into the program. Again, not knowing your audience whatsoever. Right. So a bunch of people uh, took to the Internet yesterday and started doing what they, uh, what I think, are just absolutely fantastic hashtags concerning what went on. Okay. Ban a gun, save a soy boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets better. Mamas don't yet don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh my. All my exes changed their sexes. 
<laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Yes, that's really good. Man is really a woman. <laughs> ba, 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> he stopped loving they, them today. <laughs> <laughs> Harper Valley CRT. <laughs> oh, man. I got friends in safe spaces. <laughs> it's so, I had to share those with you guys today. I appreciate that. Because they're so freaking funny. And there you have it. Well played. I got friends in safe spaces. All right. We got to get to another news update. <laughs> And <laughs> in the news coming up right here. Right. Goodbye. Thank you. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. <laughs> so uh, Trump has entered his not guilty plea to the 34-count indictment uh, today in Manhattan. And here's Nora O'Donnell from CBS News. Uh, okay. She tweets out the news, but not like a normal person who's just reporting things. It's in all caps. So I, I know that that's a visual thing. I will try my best to simulate it. Okay. Breaking! Donald Trump <laughs> plead not guilty to 34 counts of falsified business records in the first degree. <laughs> All caps, stop yelling at me, Nora. Dang. I understand. What Are you shocked that he didn't plead guilty there on the spot? Well, I really thought right. there was a chance. He'd say, yep, take me to jail. Hey, there's been nothing surprising that's happened. <laughs> I, I hope she brought a change of clothes. Dang. What did she think was going to happen today? I, I don't I, understand it. I don't know. I like the first comment, though, is you don't need all caps. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Wow. Okay. That's one of the fascinating things that's going to be to see throughout the day, how this is handled by media. <laughs> that that will be the most fun part. But, uh, <laughs> you know, looking back, I mean, the whole thing is really terrible that this is even happening. Well, yeah. Because you can see exactly what this is all about. But, you know, we'll roll through. You open up that can of worms, you might be sorry. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, we got to get the Nimrods in the news. Got a couple here. There's one. It's honestly an entire company. Oh, no. Our, our Nimrods. Your our, machine froze up I on thought you? they were on strike. Come on, we gotta go. When the oh, going you. gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrods in the news. Uh, it's cruel. And at the same time, I think you may laugh. The UK's Royal Mail is apologizing for a nasty April Fool's Day prank. Because you got people on strike there, mm. okay? The prank was uh, they told everyone they were getting an 11% pay raise. Oh, hey, whoa. Oh, jeez. No. They're now apologizing. That Ooh. sucks. That's terrible. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to find a sacrificial Ooh. lamb to fire for that oh, one. Oh, buddy. Does this come from the Bud Light Marketing Department? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a 27-year-old woman... 
in L.A., she reaches into a lady's car, tries to steal her purse, but the lady wouldn't let go. So she yanked the woman out along with her purse, then jumped into the car to try to steal it. Oh, gosh. But she didn't get far because the car had a club on it. And the steering wheel was locked. Uh Uh-oh. You know, prevents you from turning the wheel. Yeah. One way or another. So this was a grocery store parking lot. She just keeps backing up and going forward, hits like seven cars, and then gets arrested. And that's Nimrod to the news.